How do you feel about the whole Mike Tyson thing, bro? Like, have you Coming seen? Back? Yeah, have you I'm, seen his videos? <laughs> if you haven't noticed, you'll never see a video of him going straight for thirty seconds, like hitting the mitts oh, for thirty okay. seconds with the back. It's always quick little clips. So my mind is like, man, are they just showing these because he's maybe gassing? Now he's old, you right? Know what what is his conditioning really that's like? What I'm saying. Check one, two, check one, two, check one, two. Miami on the rocks, Casey Chops. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at MIA on the rocks. Follow us on YouTube. Please hit that subscribe button. Today's guest, you know, we have a huge fighting culture here in South Florida, Broward, Miami Dade. So, you know, I like to seek out the people that matter within that culture, the people that are cutting through. And I have Kevin Gleason in here. I appreciate you coming through, brother. Appreciate you having me, man. Yes, sir. And man, you're one of the, you know, this. This culture, let's speak on the fight culture here in South Florida because it seems like there's so many people that just, what is it about South Florida that you think just like cuts through, you know? You know what, man? It's uh, one of those things. I think MMA really catapulted, um, you know, South Florida as, as a bigger um, area for fight camps because mm -hmm. you have American Top Team. It's a huge, you know, their main headquarters is out here in, uh, I think it's Coral Springs mm -hmm. or coconut creek i'm sorry mm -hmm. uh you have mma masters in miami so you have a lot of you know big gyms um mm -hmm. right here in south florida so i think that's what brings a lot of guys out here to do it i, I think the humidity the heat mm. etc so i think that's what draws guys down here to um to south florida for their camps yeah. is this something about like just like south florida where there's the humidity that just breeds like aggression because like we're cool with football it's like everything that has to be like with aggression, like we lead in that. I don't know what it is. I say that all the time, man. It must be the heat. It's the same thing in California because yeah. the heat just makes, you know, people a little bit more aggravated for some reason. Yeah. So it definitely builds some yeah. character out here, you know? Dang, that's what's up, bro. So how to, how, can, let's speak on your beginnings. Where does, this, where does this start for you in this world? So for me, I've always kind of, um, growing up, I, I played a ton of sports. Are you from here? I'm from here, yeah. Okay. I'm born and raised. Uh, I was born in Houndale, but pretty much raised okay. in Parent Pines. Okay. So, um Growing up, I was playing baseball, hockey. Uh, I started boxing at about 13. That's when the interest kind of came in. Um, I started boxing at Pimmer Pines Pal. That's where I started off about 13, I think 13, 14, something like that. Just doing it because of the competitiveness and something mm -hmm. that I enjoyed, you know, just the nature of just being aggressive as a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I always tell guys, believe it or not, it was one of those things that it didn't really pick up for me until I got a little bit older. I was always mm -hmm. on and off with it. Like gotcha. when I got in high school, I was wrestling, I was playing hockey, you know, baseball, everything. So I boxed, I played all these different sports, but then I completely stopped boxing, had zero interest in it all through high school. Cause you know, you're a kid, you're growing up chasing mm -hmm. girls, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And there's no um, like boxing team on in high school either, right? Like, yeah, there's no boxing team. Yeah. It was, you know, it was one of those things. Boxing wasn't at that time, it wasn't really that popular down here. Mm -hmm. um, so from there, I actually got back into it when I was like probably in my early 20s, around 20, 22, 23. Mm -hmm. Started kind of just wanting to train a little bit, um, get into gyms and stuff like that. So I knew guys that I had boxed with when I was younger, had a couple of gyms. Um, and then what started me off coaching was um, a gym out in Plantation. I was going over there just you know, kind of training, doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. And the owner was a friend of mine a guy by the name of Scott McAdam. Mm -hmm. He was like a former world champion kickboxer and Muay Thai guy. Mm -hmm. And he would pay me 20 bucks to just hold mitts for him. He kind of taught me the fundamentals of like holding mitts and coaching a little bit. And over the years, I knew boxing pretty well. 
So that's kind of how it just took a hold of itself. And then from there, you know, I had another guy that from his gym was like, hey, would you would you hold me? It's for me. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was like, a you know, I was making nothing. Sometimes it would just be free. Sometimes I'd make 20 bucks, 10 bucks, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then just built to what it is now. Did you have like, did you want to be a boxer? And then you're like, okay, let me just transition to a coach. Or did those aspirations kind of stop? No, I never really had aspirations of being a fighter, to be okay. honest with you, man. It was one of those things that really just took a hold of its own. Like, mm. I started off just kind of helping him out, mm-hmm. and then I helped one of his fighters, um, who I still am in contact with right now. Um, I started helping him, and then mm-hmm. from him became Miguel Baeza, mm-hmm. um, and it was just basically me and Miguel for probably about two, three years just training together. And as he started winning fights, mm-hmm. you know, my growth started coming from there, you know, really. So how many years in the game coaching? Uh, about seven Seven. Okay, so I think it's accurate to say around seven or eight years ago was when the UFC kind of... That was the shift, uh, man. Right, when you started, kind of, right? Yeah, that was the shift for me. I I mean, I was just a boxing coach, but... How did you judge those guys? Because a lot of them, they have, like, you know, hostility for each other in the art and how they feel. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I love MMA. You know, as as I've gotten a little bit more accustomed to teaching MMA fighters, you Mm -hmm. know, boxing, I've enjoyed the sport a little bit more because I just feel like... There's a little bit more action. The best guys are fighting the best guys. Mm. Um, Did you dismiss it at first? No, like when I it never, first. No, I never really dismissed. It. I was always open minded to it. Gotcha. And believe it or not, you know, I was I was helping out amateur boxers. I went back to the Pines Pal mm-hmm. that I started out as a kid, and I was working with a couple of little amateur boxers. And um, my first real fighter was Miguel Baeza, mm. uh, who's in the UFC right now. So he was at that time, he was one and zero, or when I first met him, he hadn't had any pro fights. We, you know, we would talk every now and again. I trained him like two times, and he was one and zero. And he was like the first guy that I started training. And then as he started winning fights, <clears throat> everybody else kind of started. We started catching traction that way. You know what I mean? I, I I say it all the time. Any interview or anything that I've done is is it started with me and him. Nobody cared about the two of us. You know, as far as you know, gyms or you know promotions, etc. And we just yeah. built it like that mm-hmm. what, what do you what is it about mma do you think that kind of like gave it rain over regular boxing is it like the, the business mechanics of it like yeah. how you said the vice fighters are so it's not just about the fighting and the art of it it's about the business side of it yeah too well. I, I think that you know they mma kind of took the blueprint of boxing and the things that they didn't like from it there's so many promoters there's so many people in the hands of boxing that they just kind of you know really if you think mma you think ufc but there's right. Bellator, there's a couple other smaller promotions, but they made it, you know, one show. You know, they kind of monopolized the game in that sense. Everybody's mm-hmm. trying to make it to that big show, the UFC. Mm-hmm. So with boxing, you have, you know, Golden Boy, you have Top Rank, you know, mm-hmm. you have the Zone Now. Um, there's a, a bunch of different promotions you could be at. So you know who the best guy is in MMA in right. any weight class. Whoever right. that champion is, that's the best guy. Sorry. And um in in boxing it's you know you got five different world champions yeah i I feel like we need some good heavyweights like that era of like i mean we'll we'll talk about mike tyson coming back but the era of mike tyson and the the roy jones and like you know those heavyweights and you would see knockouts and you know i'm not i don't want to knock floyd mayweather you know what i mean but they're not the most exciting fights to watch it's crazy man it's like the normal human being in boxing is like at 147 pounds i think that's nuts you know what i mean like 
I mean, I, I'm walking around at six foot, 200 pounds, and I right. felt like I was kind of an average. But for a long time, the you know the 147 pound division with Floyd and everything, that's where everybody was really at. Right. Um, I like Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think that he's kind of bringing boxing back, the funness, the antics. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's a guy who. You know, he doesn't really finish fights away violently the way a lot of these right. guys do. That, you know? that, how we got used to in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and then UFC MMA came and that gave us that excitement that we were missing from boxing, you know? So yeah, for sure. I wonder if it'll ever come back, if it'll ever, you know what I mean? I don't know. They said Anthony Joshua was supposed to be doing it. Wow. So do you, are, are, are you training, is it mostly MMA fighters now? Or At do this you have, point, yeah. It's, I have some, I have, a, you know, a stable of fighters. Um. But majority of them, I would say, are MMA guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just purely teaching them the fundamentals of boxing. Um, I'm just doing it kind of different in the sense of I'm teaching boxing. I'm teaching MMA boxing, if that makes any sense. I, I was going to ask you, like, what's the difference? The range is more so the difference. But I just feel like where I can capitalize on is boxing is people. A lot of people don't do boxing in MMA. It's right. just kickboxing, Muay Thai. Right. You know, they, they consider that their stand-up order. So... I see a lot of fundamental flaws in a lot of guys' stand-up, and I think that's where I've kind of been able to capitalize with some of my mm-hmm. fighters in MMA. That's why I've had some, you know, some luck there. Um, so it's it's more so just a range thing in boxing versus mm-hmm. MMA. You know, you're obviously got a four ounce glove on as opposed to an eight or a ten. Right. You know, so that that plays a big hold in it. But um, right. I'd say I have, you know, I have Blake Davis, who's a boxer. You know, I train Roberto Duran Jr. Um, those are like my boxers. I have a couple amateurs like Eric Tudor, um, but majority of my stable is MMA guys, you know, my popular guys at least. Who was the first, you know, who would you say your first like claim to fame is that maybe you, 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 you trained him and, and he, the first guy that was on the big stage that you trained. And you got Miguel Baeza for sure. I mean, I've okay. been training uh, Marlon Marais, okay. who's fighting tomorrow night in Abu Dhabi. We were going to touch event. on that too. Um, but... Miguel kind of, like I said, I started him. It was legitimately at one pro fight. Nobody heard of him. Nobody really wanted to give him a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he signed to um, a local promotion that's not around right now. Mm-hmm. As he won, it legitimately went from me and him. We would spend hours in the gym. I didn't have clients. Mm-hmm. It was just me and him. And we would spend four or five hours in the gym training. And as he won, again, I took that traction. You know, more people would, you know, start messaging me through Instagram or get my number from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was, I think the the growth was probably the most special part and the most important part because I could sit here and tell you, there, anybody who's a trainer or knows some things about boxing that considers themselves a coach mm-hmm. can take a great fighter and, you know, and coast to the top. Mm-hmm. I took him from, you know, being 1-0. and 0, Right. You know what I mean? So we built to that level of the UFC. And now he's, you know, he's undefeated. He's 9-0 and 0 with eight knockouts. Um, <clears throat> he's he's 2-0 and 0 in the UFC, technically 3-0 and because he, he won his spot on the contender. So I'd say, you know, he's probably the, the most, my proudest fighter. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So when it comes to, like, you know, getting ready for a fight, how do you, you know, is this something where you go over game tape? game tape fighting tape of of you know maybe his opponent that he's about to face and you kind of you guys plan like a strategy together or how do, how do you approach that yeah when we, someone's um, getting ready for a fight we'll do that we, we break down tape mm-hmm. um we kind of you know in the beginning it's hard man when mm-hmm. when guys are fighting locally mm-hmm. you know there's not a lot of tape on guys etc but as they get a little bit you know more popular you can find anything on youtube these days so mm-hmm. 
yeah, we'll just go over tape. We'll break down some of the things that, that we like, that we can capitalize on, some of their flaws. We'll work on some of the things that we feel like we need to improve on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we try to leave no stone unturned. So that's a big thing. Like um, he just fought Matt Brown a couple months back, and we noticed that he had he was dropping his right hand. He would come in, you know, dropping his right hand every time. He'd either throw that left hook or he'd attack with that straight right. So that was something we wanted to capitalize on, throwing that hook or mm -hmm. stepping off throwing the hook. So, yeah, we try to find little holes in their game to capitalize on big time. Um, so whenever I'm, I'm one of my guys, I'm a student of the game in general. So mm -hmm. if I got any tape on you, I'm going to try to figure you out fast. Oh, yeah. man. So for, for Marlon um, Morais, right? Yeah. What is, what is the strategy that you guys have going into his fight? So he's fighting um, – it's Corey Sanhagen. I hope I got his name. It's either Corey or Cody. Mm -hmm. um, that's we don't have to get dude. the opponent's name right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. There you go. He's um he's a taller opponent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're fighting taller opponents, you know, you want to use a lot of feints to get in. You want to draw out their offense because, you know, they're 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 tall. They can hit you from a long mm -hmm. range. I always said that the longest, tallest fighters are the best guys. Really? Because <laughs> I went to my first boxing class the other day. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm, it's felt like, I don't know if I, are, are tall guys good at boxing usually? Yeah, man. Because it feels like you can't get low. It feels like I can't. I don't know. It's just breaking down. Like, you know, over time, you'll get more and more comfortable with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but you have that range. You can mm -hmm. hit a guy from a mile away, you know. Mm -hmm. So with the, with, with the Marlon fight, a lot of it is just using his feints to get in there. There's a big pieces of it. There's pieces that I can't touch. I'm only a boxing coach. But oh, as far as wrestling and everything else. But from my standpoint, with what I try to do with him is... You know, we worked a lot on feints, using his speed, um, closing the distance, being in close, you know, going to the body and then coming up tall. Because if mm -hmm. I attack you to the body, I'm going to drop your head down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I if I throw the jab to the body, I can come up top. Mm -hmm. Little things like that, getting um, not letting him press us back, stuff like that. We just went over, you know, we mm -hmm. just repetitively pushed that whether we were working mitts or sparring. Mm -hmm. So we try to bring in, you know, I brought in um, – uh, Eric Tudor, who's about the same size as his opponent mm -hmm. for his sparring and stuff, which was perfect sparring for him. He, you know, he learned how to, you know, get, get away from the jab, get in the range, use the jab up and down, feints, et cetera. For, and, uh, so there's a lot of, and I know some, there's a lot of these young kids that their, their, their aspirations are to be in MMA and UFC. And what do you tell the kid, you know, who, who's maybe starting out, what's the best route for him to take? What should he focus on? In if, MMA? Yeah. I say wrestling. Yeah, that's yeah. like the key. If you could wrestle and you could wrestle good, you could beat you know most guys you fight. I truly feel that way. Like, I see because so you're saying the you're the boxing guy. Yeah, and you're you're actually admitting that that's not even really the yeah man the wrestling because if you can get a guy down, and hold him there. There's right. nothing he can do. Right. I mean, we've all seen those fights. You know, George St. Pierre. And you mean like jujitsu as well, right? I'd or, say more wrestling, okay. but you know you have to have your grappling. You don't want to get submitted when you get a guy down, but. You look at a guy like George St. Pierre, he reigns for years. Now you got that guy, Khabib, mm -hmm. same thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He gets you down, and it's a, it's a wrap from there. He's going to hold you there. He's going to beat on you, you know, like a drum. So I'd say wrestling is probably the first um, step to to developing your game in MMA, and then maybe, mm -hmm. you know, you want to start learning your fundamentals of everything. You want to be well-rounded mm -hmm. in MMA. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the whole Mike Tyson thing, bro? Like, have you Coming seen back? Yeah. Have you I'm, seen his videos? <laughs> you know what? Here's how I feel. And again, it's a student of the game, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm always been a Roy Jones fan. Okay. So I want Roy Jones to win regardless. That was a guy who kind of like got me into boxing. Like I, I watched all his videos I could growing up okay. and I want to be just like Roy Jones. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're asking me who I, who I think is going to win, 
Yeah, or just yeah, or just I what think, you feel I about the fight. I got Roy Jones winning. I think he's been more active. He's okay. younger. Um, Mike Tyson was a heavyweight, you know, his whole career. So he took those, you know, heavyweight fights. So he's how old are these guys? These guys are like in their fifty-three and yeah. like forty-nine or fifty or something like that. I'm not oh. even sure their ages, but it's crazy in general. But yeah. um, bro, I saw a video. It was a Joe Rogan and Mike Tyson said he scares the shit out of me. He said, "Yo, I, I get erections when I think about hurting people." Yeah, I'm like nuts. Jesus, bro. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> I've been in some, I've been in the gym with some crazy dudes. You know, it, it's all they know. Mm-hmm. You know, and if if they're a true fighter in the sense that you know that's the product that they came from, that's all they ever knew. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're great at it, you become obsessed with it, and then you don't know anything else outside of that. Do you think that's like a, a, a you know like a true parallel as far as like the guys that have like that aggressive personality? Does it translate into fighters, or do you know some laid back guys that'll whoop your ass? Like I know some super laid back dudes mm-hmm. that'll you know that are bad dudes. You yeah. Know? So it's it's just kind of the personality thing. I know some quiet guys that are killers, and I know mm-hmm. some you know some aggressive dudes that are killers too. Yeah, you know, well, Mike, you know, he's just a special case, man. He's yeah. just a bad dude. Um, That's gonna be crazy. But as far as those videos goes, if you haven't noticed, you'll never see a video of him going straight for thirty seconds, like hitting the mitts oh, for thirty okay. seconds or the back. It's always quick little clips. So my mind is like, man, are they just showing these because he's maybe gassed? Now he's old, you right? Know what what is this conditioning really That's like? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, think about being 50 and yeah. and you know hitting the mitts and hitting the bag and everything else like that at that pace. So yeah. my mind is like, they're only showing these small little videos. How many rounds are they going? I think it's, it's like six or something or yeah. eight maybe. It's yeah. an exhibition exhibition fight. They're gonna make money, so it's good for yeah, everybody. We're all gonna tune in. They're gonna make some money. Yeah, it'll be fun to see. You know, that's dope, bro. So you got you got your own gym now, right? I do. Um, I got it with um, my partner, Jeff Bortz. Okay. And it's called um, Stay Ready Athletics. I see it all the time on your Instagram. Yeah. My so. program is Stay Ready Athletics. He's Bay to Bay Boxing. Okay. So is, that's not the name of the gym. You no, know? we're just, uh, yeah. we don't even have a name yeah. like that. You know, it's yeah. just our program. How long has on. it been open? How long is I've been, so I opened up my first gym back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a small 700 square foot spot out in um tamarack it was mm-hmm. like a little warehouse space um from there four months into that i kind of outgrew that hopped into a a 1400 square foot spot was there for a year and then we jumped into this spot over in hollywood oh dope so i've been around coaching owning my own spot since 2018. nice this spot i think we moved in in january okay yeah. you said it was in hollywood yeah it's right over in hollywood right outside of a uh, young circle okay dope. i said this the other day i was like yo i hate nice gyms I want I want my gym to like like the AC kind of not work. I want the the weights to be a little rusted. I want to feel like I'm in jail when I work out. Like it's, I don't like yeah, it's 50-50. Yeah. Cuz some people love that like boutique style. That's like real big right now. Before yeah. this, you know, this whole pandemic had took off like that. Boxing was like a 5 billion dollar a year business. Mm-hmm. You know, because people were loving those boutique style gyms where it's mm-hmm. real clean and you know what i mean like right. it was you know you had your locker you had everything in there right. the showers etc yeah don't give me that gym yeah i feel <laughs> the same way I, yeah. I won't i don't uh you know so it's hard so you want to attract that clientele because that there's the money there right you know but you also want you know your fighters in there as well right so we got kevin gleason here bro please tell everybody where they could follow you find you on social media you can find me at um kevin underscore gleason seven on Instagram, I don't use Facebook. I just use uh, one platform for my social media. Okay, don't. You know? and, and and you have people that come to you as far as obviously you train professional boxers who are getting ready for big fights. But do you have you have the regular person who just wants to learn how to defend themselves? Yeah, uh, that's majority of the clientele that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably got about like 
five or six fighters, guys come and go. Um, mm-hmm. But my clientele base is, you know, just the fitness people that that mm-hmm. just look for, you know, the art of boxing, mm-hmm. but just want to get in shape. Yeah. I have a lot of that. I have probably about 15, 15 clients or so. Have you ever thought about getting into like the business side? Because I'm like maybe the throwing, like being a promoter almost. Like nah, in that I, sense? I, one of my fighters, Blake Davis, promotes his own <clears throat> his own show. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I was never really into that side, man. That takes a lot of work and a lot of yeah. energy, man. And, you know, I think in personal training in general, you can get burned out real easy. So mm-hmm. I think. I try to keep it limited to just training. Mm-hmm. Do you like the business side of it? I'm sure it's you know sh- shady like every other business, but I don't like the the business side of fighting in general. I feel like is a, is a shady side. Anything you know, MMA or boxing. So I think that you know we were talking um, off air about mm-hmm. you know the the fixed fights and stuff like that. I've never seen that personally, but you see the A side, B side, and you know what side you're really on. Mm-hmm. If you're the opponent or you're that main guy. Mm-hmm. So guys, you know, I've seen guys go in there and take a beating because that's what, you know, the new trend is that right now, what I see in MMA, it used to be boxing. <clears throat> you're kind of padding your record. So when you start out and you're a young pro and you're 18, 19, if you got a good promoter, they're going to get you, you know, these, these fights that you're supposed to win, these guys mm-hmm. that you're supposed to beat. Mm-hmm. I see MMA is doing the same thing. You know, they're, they're flying in guys and, or they're flying you out to fight. It's a, a weird trend that's going on right now where in MMA, you're fighting these guys you're supposed to beat, and they're patting their records. Personally, the way I feel, mm-hmm. they're patting their records to get onto contenders because that's what's going to get you into the UFC. So what promoters like just flying some bozo to that they're yeah. that just going to be yep flying some to get the I'll win. Punch, I'll punch in bag, you know. Yeah. What I, mean? I see a lot of that. So um, it was always in boxing. That was mm-hmm. always an old thing, mm-hmm. you know. But now it's going down in MMA. At least what I see here locally. But is there any money in those small fights? Nah, like those, you don't make fights? any money. Yeah, you want to. You definitely want to build a guy up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. You don't want to throw him right to the wolves. Right. You know, you want to build him up, make his confidence. Now it's pro, so it's a little bit different. You know, there's no headgear in boxing. There's no headgear. The gloves are smaller, etc. In MMA, there's no shin pads. You know, you can elbow stuff like that. But you know, you want to do a fight that makes some sense at some point. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't want to see you be 6-7-0 and oh, and you haven't fought anybody but some guy off the street. Right, and that's what no one really thinks about. When they see 7-0, they just see 7-0. and oh. They don't yeah. think about who you fought. The same thing in college football. Yep. <laughs> you see a team 10-0, yeah. and oh, you don't realize you just... There's tons of that, man. There's tons of guys out there like, I'm 10-11, 12-0, and oh, and it's like, who have you fought, though? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I believe in fights that make sense. You know, Got I want to bring my guy up right, but I don't want to. I don't want to throw him in there too early, but I don't want him to be up, beating up some guy that's one in sixteen. Right, right. You know. Yeah. Damn, bro. Do you have any crazy stories as far as that goes? Like, you know, just things f- fighting. Have you had anyone like do any dirty shit to any of your your boxers nah. or any? I've been involved in like I've never had anything crazy like that. Um, I've been involved in like bad cuts, stuff like that, like. Um, you know, I was cornering Chris Biosa for his first fight. He got his head split wide open from an elbow down to his bone. I was surprised Jeez. they didn't stop that fight because, I mean, there was a point where going in the third round, I came inside the cage. The, 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 the canvas was all black. I was wearing white Adidas shoes. And I remember looking down. You could smell the iron, the blood just Jeez. leaking. That, it was that, that bad, the aroma of that just pure iron just leaking. Wow. Um, we're working on this cut and I remember like looking down for a second I don't know if it was to grab the bucket or more water and I'm just standing in a, a pure puddle of like blood. my white shoes are just bloody filled, yeah blood Damn, so, and bro. they let that one slide you know yeah it's a Florida hey. fighting commission for you man the boxing commission yeah so think, uh, 
because every sport is getting soft, whether it's football, basketball. So it's like people are craving that, that, you know yeah, what I mean? 100%. Like, I just, um, but as far as being involved in anything dirty, mm-hmm. no, nah, I've never, um, I've never seen anything or, or been involved in anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm fortunate that I, I've trained some good fighters. So we're always kind of the A side of things. We're not really on the B side where mm-hmm. they're trying to screw us over, you know, right. something I'm doing, you know, that I've been involved in the last year or so is, I don't know if you've seen the bare knuckle, um, fighting no. you haven't seen that no nah, man oh man you gotta check that out what do you mean like it's bare knuckle like we're talking like kimbo in the backyard in southwest well, miami type shit? You, they wrap your hands it's um it's two fingers from your knuckle oh. it's it's an actual it's bkfc so a fight that i'm actually i've been training jim allers we were four and oh right now with three stoppages in uh in bare knuckle so he's fighting for the world title November 14th. So that I've seen some crazy stuff. I've been involved bare in some crazy. Knuckle, your bare knuckle fighting is five, two minute rounds. It's nuts. Holy you know, and, and initially I had said, no, I, Jim's a guy I grew up with. Mm-hmm. We've known each other since we were in high school. Mm-hmm. So he was wrestling, I was boxing. And um, I've trained him for years now. Mm-hmm. And he he's retired. He fought in the UFC. He's fought all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, hey, man, bare knuckle reached out to me. They want to, you know, want to give me a fight. I'm like, absolutely not, man. I had seen one of them. And I'm like, I would never train somebody for something I wouldn't do. Right. So um, he was like, well, you know, what's your schedule looking like? I'm like, dude, I'm not I'm not yeah, getting involved in I'm that. It's like, that, I love yeah. you to death. And, you know, I, I told him, don't even sign that contract. Mm-hmm. Sure yeah. enough, that, that was on a Friday. On Monday, he's like, hey, what's your schedule? And I'm like, I knew immediately. Cause I've known him since we were 16 years mm-hmm. old. You know, I'm 34 now. So he's mm-hmm. like. he's like what's your schedule i'm like do you sign that contract he's like i signed it and it was like three and a half weeks and i'm like send over the contract then i'll train you for the fight like i Mm want to see if he really if he really signed it and he did holy he got right to it and it was a crazy you know it's a crazy world in bare knuckle you got to watch it to to kind of understand i mean these guys are really fighting bare knuckle yeah you know and we didn't know we were kind of getting ourselves into his mentality is like let's just do one of them Mm -hmm. you know we we took a fight it was like i think we it was a four-week camp Mm-hmm. He knocked the guy out in 45 seconds. Have you ever been to one of those? Because, like, you know, like we said, the fight culture is big here. Even down south, like Pinecrest, like where Kimbo's from, you know, they'd have backyards. Have you ever been to one of those? <laughs> I've never been to one of those, yeah. man. I always say if, if you if you kind of check me out on Instagram, I'm kind of – I say I'm like a mechanic in the sense mm-hmm. of – Hands mechanic. That's dope. You That's like that, right? Yeah, yeah, I, it's – you kind of come in. I try to stay away from the fight world like that, you know. Um, I just don't like – you like the integrity of it and like the I art like the of it. sport and the art of it. I love teaching it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as you know, being involved in all the the politics of fighting, gotcha. I'm not really you know. I don't just come. We get work. I'll teach you some things. You know, if I'm cornering you locally, mm-hmm. I, I'll fly out for your fights. It all kind of depends on what it is, but um, nah, I try to stay you know away from the fight world like that. You gotcha. know, and that might not make sense to others, but for me, it's mm-hmm. just like oh, I enjoy. I I have a business to run, so I. I'm constantly mm. busy training guys and stuff like that. So, um, no, nah, I've never done. I've never been to any of those. And I've, you know, I've done the bare knuckle thing with Jim now. So yeah. that it, that's as real as it gets. You know, it's all on TV. It's all on pay per view. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. So what is it like running? You know, the gym day to day. Are you like you said? You were shout out to my boy Mike for me clean. He was doing. Um, do you do group stuff? Or you do more one on one stuff? So, Are you on the Zoom calls? Yeah, doing I, I was doing that for a little bit yeah. when everything went took off, but um. My business is, you know, I believe in the details of the work. So mm-hmm. I don't do big classes. I do four, three to four man classes. That way I can give you and anybody that's in the class the detail work that they need. And then I do private one-on-ones. 
So uh, I call them blitz sessions, like the four, it's four man session. So running the business is crazy, man. Um, most people don't know, but I have a full time job. Mm-hmm. You know, so I run my morning sessions, mm-hmm. my two sessions in the morning. I shower at the gym. I go to work. I work my, you know, my nine to five. Mm-hmm. I go straight back to the gym and I run it from 630 to 10. Really? Yeah. So oh, and I do that Monday through Friday. And then Saturday I do my 10 a.m. to, to two o'clock. You oh, know, shit. so I'm numb like 24 yeah. seven. Wow. You know, but um, it's a great business, man. It's just I have a great job, you mm-hmm. know, and it just so happened to be like I've been at my job for 10 plus years. So mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to throw that away for the gym, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the gym is kind of what gives me my balance in life. Like I love doing it. The second it becomes a career like anything else, it's not as fun. Right. I was going to say, do you see yourself transitioning to try to make that your full time thing? Like I could have done it a billion times. You mm-hmm. know, I actually make more money now at this point in the gym than I do at my job. It's just um. For me personally, I don't ever want to be pressured to to do things, to take clients, to stay later, to come earlier, to make mm-hmm. the ends meet. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah. um, and I'm, you know, like I said, I mean, I I do twenty anywhere from twenty to twenty five personal training sessions a week, mm-hmm. um, and then on top of that, full time job. So, you know, so it's it's a lot, you know. But um, I love the business side of it. It just, you know, it, it can become. I can only imagine because there's times where I deal with that burnout. Mm-hmm. You know, it could only I can only imagine just doing it full time. I probably get burned right. out of it. You know what I mean? Right. It, I don't want it to be that like I depend on everything, the bills, everything off that. You know? Right. Yeah, that's how I feel about DJing sometimes. You know? I get it, man. So who's who's uh, uh if 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 someone asks Kevin, yo, who's gonna be the next guy in five years, four or five years? Who would you say? Is there someone young that you see that you Miguel Bayou? Bet, yeah, yeah, bet all the for sure. Yeah, I mean. Right now he's undefeated. He, the kid works hard, and I'm not just saying that because I brought him up. Mm-hmm. You know he works hard. You know mm-hmm. he's he's tough as nails. I've never trained anybody who hits as hard as him. I mean the proof is in the pudding. He's you know he's nine and zero, oh, eight mm-hmm. knockouts. He stopped you know eight opponents. He's a bad mm-hmm. dude. So I would say he's the future. You know, but other than that, that I train, mm-hmm. uh, Tifima Lopez, okay, who's fighting uh, Lomachenko next week. Okay, you know he's um he he actually is. I think he was born in Brooklyn, but he was raised out here. He came out through the local scenes. That kid's the next, like, in my opinion, I say he's the next Floyd Mayweather. Really? What's yeah. his name? Tifima Lopez. Tifima? Yeah, he's fighting uh, Lomachenko next okay. week Okay. on ESPN. He's okay. a bad kid too, man. So, um, yeah, he's somebody to look out for big time. Oh. Yeah. Dope. I got Kevin Gleason in here. Is there any other, um, Is there, are there a lot of, like, big-time trainers here? A lot of big, uh, big-time names here? There's, um... More so in MMA, I think, you know, but there's some good, there's some great coaches out here. I think with boxing, it's more the fighter than the, than the trainer themselves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And that was something that I guess that I I also want to steer away from in my business Mm -hmm. was I kind of wanted to go off of, um, I think often, you know, yeah, the fighters are important. You need the fighters and stuff like that, but I wanted to be the, the necessity. Like you need to come to me. Right. You know, not vice versa. And I see a lot of trainers chasing fighters and trace, chasing talent. I didn't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I wanted to be the guy you came to, like a Freddie Roach or a Robert Garcia. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what do you have to do to, to, to become that? Like, how do you feel like you work yourself into that space to where people come to you? I mean, you got people, like you said, undefeated that you're training. I think it's just, you know, kind of sticking to your fundamentals and your, you know, what's important to you, your mm-hmm. blueprint of your business. You know, mm-hmm. for me... I wanted to bridge the gap between fighters and fitness clients. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't care about just training fighters. 
I want to do both because I feel like I'm going to show you how good I am by taking somebody from the ground up rather yeah. than, like I said, being, you know, there's a lot of, especially in the fight game, there's a ton of talent pimps out there mm-hmm. that just, hey, man, Casey's great at what he does. Mm-hmm. Let's bring him in. But you've already been at it for years. Yeah. Somebody else brought you up. Right. You know, so I like that. Like, I like that approach where I'm taking somebody from the ground up, Mm -hmm. you know. So I've been fortunate, like I said, you know, I brought Miguel up. And that was what brought in guys, you know, that these top guys like like a Moreland Rise, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like Jim Allers. Like these guys that have come to me through that, that they say, hey, man, this guy knows what he's doing. You know, Marlon Marais is he's ranked number one in the world, Mm -hmm. you know. So have you ever had like a casual, you know, client that just wanted to come in and just maybe do a workout and then you saw potential in them and you were like, bro, you might need to like take this a little serious or have you ever thought about taking it serious? Uh, there's a, a girl that I trained Bree. She's really talented um, with her, though. She, you know, she has a great job. She's a nurse. I didn't mm. want her to really. <laughs> can't, like, I didn't want yeah. her taking damage, but. She had extreme talent. I mean, she hits like a, a, a straight up dude. Yeah. You know, and I'm not even exaggerating when I say she hits yeah. like a dude. She hits like a dude. You know, she could stop guys out there with her right hand. So, yeah, yeah I've had a couple of those. You know, there's guys that want to come in and, you know, initially at first it's, hey, I just want to learn to, you know, box and work mm-hmm. out. And, then, you know, they they switch over and they're like, hey, I want to take a couple of amateur fights. Mm-hmm. So I've had that. You know, I, I've been lucky where I've brought up a lot of guys to – um to from the fitness side just the cardio side to to actually competing mm-hmm. you know i had um a guy lou duran a lot of guys come to me and they say hey i want to learn to fight and i want to compete mm-hmm. and i've taken them from the ground up i have rob sanfilippo who's like that he owns a uh, hydro life water services okay I don't know if you heard this, his office it's is actually familiar. down the street from here um he's like hey i want to take i have my business i want to um i want to take a couple fights i want to win a local amateur mma belt let's do it Never fought, you know, and now he's five or six and oh, mm-hmm. you know, he has uh, two belts from in the 170 division and the 185 division. Wow. He wants to go pro now, but uh, so it, it didn't just stop at amateurs. I had uh, Lou Duran. Mm-hmm. He was another guy who's, you know, um, a fitness dude who just wanted to, you know, take a couple of fights. You know, we've, we've done one fight now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one and oh, you know, it, yeah, guys, once they start seeing their development, boxing gives you all kinds of um confidence Mm -hmm. you know what i mean especially as you grow and you get better and better with it so yeah man i I always have that i've been lucky enough to that people have believed in me enough to want to fight under me you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and be trained by me and then fight under me damn that's dope man yeah man we got kevin gleason in here there so you want to shout out any fighters you want to shout out maybe you know your 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 top five that you're training right now marlon uh marias is fighting tomorrow night you can tune in on uh i think it's espn plus Mm-hmm. He's fighting um, Corey St. Hannig in the main event. Um, I got Jim Allers who's fighting Luis Palomino November 14th for the world title, the BKFC uh, world title. We're still waiting on the day for um, Miguel. Rob Sampolipo will be fighting, hopefully, if everything goes through with this whole quarantine and you know the pandemic and whatnot, hopefully mm-hmm. he'll be fighting um, at Sway in mm-hmm. December. And uh, Roberto Duran Jr. is fighting in New Hampshire, November 14th, the same day actually Jim is. Mm-hmm. Um, so look out for those fights. There it is. Anyone else, anything else you want to promote? You got the, the Kevin Gleason clothing line coming? You got anything? You know what we're, uh, we're working on right now? We're working on the Stay Ready training camp. So it's a digital online training program we're actually in the mm-hmm. process of doing right now. So it'll be a subscription-based where you can get um, an initial hour and a half of, of pure content, boxing content, learning 
the fundamentals of the jab, doing bag work. Um, <laughs> bro, it's crazy because I was YouTubing that exact same shit, bro. That's it, like, yeah. so. And uh, it'll be about an hour and a half of all that, like the fundamentals, how to stand, proper footwork, things that I do in the gym with my fighters, mm -hmm. my fitness clients. And then every week I'll be uploading a new video of about 10 to 15 minutes of content every yeah. single week. And then I'm going to go off of the, uh, what is it, the clients only or only clients? I'm gonna I'm gonna use that spin where it's uh it's uh wait 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 what is it fans only fans only, only. fans, there you go. Yeah, only fans. Yeah, whatever yeah, these yeah, girls yeah, are doing yeah, yeah. and stuff I'm gonna go off that spin but I'm gonna do clients only where I'm gonna go off of a live you every month I'm gonna go live with all my clients oh, so shit. you're gonna be able to you know do an actual training session live Dope. um through that through you screen oh there's some. Hey, I know some girls that have OnlyFans, bro, and they're making like fourteen thousand yeah, a man, month, I'm, I'm and they need to shoot content, bro. We maybe we could do a little yeah, boxing thing at the gym. Some money you know over there, like that, man. I'm trying to we'll make talk that after kind this. of money, man. We'll, we'll talk I'm trying after. to make that uh, that kind of hey, money. Hey, women bro. are winning right now, bro. Yeah, they are. Yes, I, they are. Now's the time. Mm -hmm. I always tell men, like, now's the time to invest in women yep. right now. Like, they're killing bro. it, man. Yes, sir, Kevin. I appreciate you coming through, my brother. Appreciate you. It's all love. Thank you for coming by. And there it is, Kevin Gleason, baby. Bam.